listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Three Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and you are... Barry and Yes, nice to see you again, Barry. It's, I'm hesitant to call you now a fill-in person. Now you feel that like you are now part of this. I'm You're resident. fully involved in this now. You're absolutely complicit in everything that's going on now. I'm a good yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we get if we get sued at any point, you will be put down as a co-defendant. Because you are definitely involved in this no. shit now. Yeah, you're definitely you're definitely involved in this now. We're once again at the Raven. Um, Barry, unfortunately, you're working tomorrow, uh, tonight, so you're not drinking. No, it's cold and water for me tonight. Unfortunately, yeah, I am on 54 degrees north, which is from Black Sheep, from Ripon, which I think is in North Yorkshire. I mean, you're better than me at Geography of Britain. Yeah, I do. Yeah, no I'll idea. I'll take a for it. You take a for it? Yeah, it's very nice. Very tasty. Um, I've had one so far. I'll probably have another one. And probably a third one to make sure we have, we fulfill all contractual obligations to three beers in a movie. Um, this week, uh, we're off last week, so because of that, we have got a shit ton of films to review. We've got absolutely loads of stuff. I've been over the past business for the past like 10 days, so I've pretty much seen everything that's out. I think, in fact, the only film I've not seen you've seen, so we can talk about that one. Which is good. We've got everything, absolutely everything covered. Um, before we start on the cinema stuff, what have you seen out with the cinema? Anything at all? Um, I've went back and tried to watch Rick and Morty again. Right, okay. It's not going well. You're not liking it? I watched maybe three or four episodes. I think it, I, I've just started the second season. Still struggling. Not buying it. Nah, I'm not buying it. Nah, fair enough. I, I like it. it individually, it's fine, but I just, I, for me personally, I can't binge watch it for some reason. Yeah. And I love binge watching things. In fact, I'm much. When I first got it, I was much the same. Everyone was talking about it, and I watched the first season over the course of about two weeks. Second season the same. I've actually enjoyed the third season more because I was watching it literally week to week. I wasn't binging it. I think maybe it does work better on a, a week to week rather than try to watch you know twelve in the in the bounce. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, so I think that's, maybe that's the way. To, maybe that's that's the way to do it. You're trying to try and eat it out. Much like the show we watched we talked about a couple weeks ago, the Big Mouth show as well. Yeah, yeah. I feel that works a lot better. Maybe two. Mm. And then walk away from it, and then maybe watch the tunnel to another. It's not one of you want you watch all, t- and you can usually watch all twelve in the space of like you know four or five hours because it's only yeah. twenty minutes long. Yeah. But it does work better if you watch them all sort of like spaced out. I think and it actually yeah. works a lot better. Keeps it fresh and keeps the jokes. Oh, yeah, because they do have callbacks to stuff that happened in it previously, but um, I think it works better. And I think I'm not a big fan of binge watch. Are you, you you binge watch a lot of stuff. Yeah, since I since I binge watched the first season of uh, Mad Men, yeah. in the space of like a day. <laughs> so you are literally just watching the episode like a whole day, just watching the same show. That's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I struggle with that. I, I'm I'm happy to watch it like four or five episodes or something, but mm. it's very rare I sit and watch a full show like all in one day. The last thing I've done it was with Stranger Things, uh-huh. the first season. I watched that in one day, and I probably will do it with Stranger Things season two if it's any good. Um, but yeah, like I'm not like watching Daredevil or all the Iraqi stuff for it, and one, I'm, I want a break in it. I'm not up for watching it all in one day. I feel like also it kind of ruins it as well. You know, it's like you feel like it's something you've enjoyed over time, rather than you, you, you're so excited about something to watch yeah, it all yeah. in one go. Seems like oh, that's that's it now done. What do I do now? I know. I think I think it helps because I've came to like Mad Men when it's like it's the, finished. They're finished. So you know you've got an end point to this yes. stuff. Yeah. I feel like see if it's maybe only like one season, like Daredevil or whatever. I do. I tend to find that I will take my time with it more, like maybe two episodes. Especially if me and Stacey are watching it, then it's definitely like two episodes, right. and we'll go and do something else or whatever. That's my thing. If Jill wants to watch something, I feel like I'm, I'm, it's more staggered. Mm. But if I watch something, I will watch a bit more by myself. Like I will watch a few. Like I watch, I'm watching Ray Donovan season five just now, and I did watch about eight of them in one day. Because I had it all taped on, like I'm just sitting watching it. 
compelling television will always get me, but yeah, I'm, I'm not as big a fan of binge as people, a lot of people are, you know, I'm not a huge thing on that, I'm much rather watch enjoy something over time. Especially now, with Netflix changing, and they're kind of pushing more into like their own content, yeah. you know, you're not going to, you're going to find that they will be slowing down the pace. Well, I don't think, no, Netflix are not slowing down, man. But I think like, you'll maybe find that the things that are coming out will be like taking slightly longer and some things might won't grab you. No, Netflix, Netflix's model right now is still anything they produce themselves is getting dumped in one go. Anything they have like, sort of a license to show uh-huh. will be shown week to week. So right now they've got like, the new Star Trek show, yeah. it's getting shown week to week. They had the Breaking Bad as well, they showed that week to week. And they've also got coming out soon, uh, out now, it's not, no, yeah, out now is Riverdale, they're showing that week to week as well. That's on the CW as well, so they're not pushing, they're not dumping that on one go. And also, um, one mean girl, like Crazy Ex Girlfriend, that's week to week as well because it's shown somewhere else. But anything that Netflix does itself, they are dumping that all in one go, they have no problem with doing that, and they want that, they want people to sit at home and watch that all day long. Yeah, yeah I mean, they recently they're going to do 80 films next year. Which is an insane number of films, you know, for like one... Aye, one company. Ah, you know, and, to, and you want to know where they get the money from. I know they're getting big subscription, but like, I don't know how much they're making out subscriptions, you know, it's, it seems insane they're being able to drop this amount of money on, like, original original content. Now, rather than, I think over the next few years, you'll probably find all the content that's not their own, it's going to go away. Aye, totally. Because the people who have it will call it back and have their own streaming devices, and Netflix can be forced into making everything. Everything you see on Netflix will be a Netflix original, essentially. It's not a bad thing though because no. a lot of the times they're hitting gold with what they're making. Mm. There's only been there's only been one season of it was the second season of Flake and I was a bit like this feels like it's just like a continuation of the first season. Yeah. We haven't really we pushed the story on a bit but not enough to justify a full season yeah. of it. But um, that's the only thing that I've seen that's made me be like nah. but Touch wood for next week. Stranger things. I will, yes. Yeah, I will not Friday. Oh, is it? Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. It's Friday. Friday. Yeah, so I am busy on Friday, but I'm off on Saturday. So I will, I will be definitely watching. As I've talked about not, about not binging things, I will be binging. <laughs> that, 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 I think, I think you have to because the internet will ruin it. Yes, I feel that. I think that's the problem. I think that is the problem. A lot of people binge it not because they want to. They just are so scared of someone ruining something. Like I watch Game of Thrones pretty much in the space of like a week. I watch all of it in one go, essentially. Not one night, but one week. But I was constantly going, somebody's going to ruin this shit for me, you know. And luckily I didn't know who any character's names were, so I was okay. All, all I know, Dragon Lady and Small Man. Yeah, yeah. So if people mention everything, I don't know who that is and what they're going to do, but... Yeah, people are so scared of something getting ruined for them, they feel they need to watch something so quickly. And people do, people seem to take great delight in ruining something for someone, which really annoys me. Yeah, you know? definitely. That's why, like, if I'm watching something, I'll generally try to, like, just not Google it or anything, just trying to stay away from where absolutely, yeah. it would be. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but anyway, other than that... Have you seen anything this week? I saw a couple of things. I saw on Sky, I watched Monster Trucks. Okay. The film that sunk a studio, pretty much. Um, oh, that's like an animation, isn't it? It's kind of like, no, it's not. It's like no. it's live action. It's more like one of the old kind of Disney sort of family films where it's like a big alien comes into the into the sort of small town and befriends a young boy, or well, not a young boy, a man who pretended to be a young boy. Clearly, he's in his 30s, but he's playing like 18, and he, like, you know, everyone who's playing a high school kid has got like, you know, they're all married at this point in time, you know, they're all well on in life. Yeah. Um, but it was sweet, it was fine, it was it was alright. It was nothing, it's a family film, it's like a kind of kiddie film. Nothing bad about it, but nothing particularly great about it. Yeah. It was quite a lot of money put into it, and apparently the did not do, was not pleased with it, and it got kind of hidden in the release schedule last year. Me and Jill tried to go and see it, uh-huh. I had to leave halfway through due to an arsehole cinema um, patrons. Mm. But yeah, it's um, it's not it's not brilliant, but it's, it's a, one of the films 
films you watch, maybe you see like you see the films like Christmas morning. Yes. There's a ton of like sort of like kiddie friendly films that are on like maybe Boxing Day morning. Yeah, yeah. That kind of movie. Just to just to kind of cover the just to uh, you know keep them entertained after they've ripped open their presents exactly. within five minutes. You know. Exactly. Oh, I can sell maybe something like if you remember Kurt Russell films, the computer wore tennis shoes and like all that kind of stuff, or like an old early early seventies Disney stuff. Very much in that vein, but. Because it's not Disney, it's not as good as Disney. Disney's got a way of doing things and it knows how to do it, and other companies try and copy it, but you can have something just miss the mark a little bit. Yeah, and also they don't have almost an unlimited bank account for advertising and all that. It's true, yeah. It's nothing it down your face, which is always like a problem, especially when you're aiming for the kid market, you need a hefty bank account. To, so, to get it out there absolutely thing. I mean Monster Trucks I think from what I, I don't think it's based on a book or a comic it's an, it's an original idea uh-huh. I think so half the problem right now you can be able to acknowledge something that's going on you know and if you put if you slap like say what's out it's now like My Little Pony movies out it's now right mm. so My Little Pony's out people, kid, people, kids know what My Little Pony is yeah. so they're running towards that you know, if you don't you say like come see that big monster, like people kids are going, I don't, I don't care, kids don't want to go and see it, they want to go and see, you know something they know. You know, minions fifteen other fucks out, minions want to go and see that. So that's that's half the part of that as well. But I'm not saying Monster Rocks is one of the films that like it should be held up a great example of but it, it's not as bad as people made out it's been actually it's quite cute and quite enjoyable. Yeah. But nothing it's like nightmare song, nothing to cut about it, alright. Uh, me and Jill at uh, Jill's request on this one on night Friday night one night or maybe Saturday night, we sat and watched Sing. The um, the cartoon about you know singing animals because Joe likes singing animals and I like animal suffering I don't know I don't, I don't know why you watched it um, she really liked it didn't you, you like you like singing you really she's nodding which is good on a podcast um, but I was not a fan it, not not the fan it just sort of, it was, I've seen it all before yeah there was nothing in it that I felt was original or that interesting to be honest it had quite a big cast oh a massive cast like, it's really like Matthew McConaughey and Reese Witherspoon in it it had um, the boy from Kingsman was in it as well. You had like it's a really good cast, but just the story wasn't as good as other things I've seen. Like other good animation, and you felt a bit, I felt a bit lazy at times. But looked really nice. Everything's kind of cute in it, but you kind of knew where it was all going to go. There was no surprise in it at all. And I feel animation shouldn't have to pander to the children as like make it so obvious. You know, a good animation like you know your Pixar's and all that kind of stuff. The appeal to an adult they can they can throw a few twists and turns into a story. You don't have to make it so obvious what's going to happen. Maybe a few adult jokes right in there. Yeah, like for example, last two years ago, I don't know, last year or the year before, but Zootropolis or Zootopolis, have you seen that? Oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's Zootopia. Zootopia, sorry, that's what it's called. It's so funny, it's so clever, and it's got so much in it. You go, kids will get it because they like the cute little animals, but you watch it go, that's really clever. Like, they, they do the kind of Godfather jokes and all It's really well done. Yeah, like, yeah. That makes a film for me, you know, a film that can work on a totally different level. Because not only are you keeping the kids entertained that unfortunately are there, but you're also. Uh, you've got adults going with their kids, uh-huh. so if you're finding a few secret adult jokes in there, it works. Kids enjoy it, and, and adults enjoy it. It makes yeah. it all good. Yeah, sing so yeah, nothing particularly great, but not bad. I mean, if, if you have young kids and they watch it, they'll they'll probably get in it. I love it because it's all bright, colourful. I'm sure my mate who's got a kid, he said his kid watched it, and absolutely loved it. There's no they did everything about it, you know. So um, yeah, so one one for the one for the kids definitely. Uh, but Jill liked it, which tells you much about her state of mind. Like I said, we didn't see we didn't talk last week, so I've seen tons of stuff. Um, so we start off with because it's near Halloween, so a nice kind of horror film yeah. um, called The Ritual. Okay, you hear this one? Uh, no, I have not. I, I can't briefly know it's about a gang of pals that go camping or something. Yeah, it's, it's directed by a guy called David Bruckner who's done a couple of things called The Signal in South Wales. I haven't seen, but I've heard they're actually quite good. This is for the first, but I would say, major like sort of release. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot of the film is like, like you said, it's it starts off with 
five friends out in a week and a night out. One of them wants to go and get a bottle of vodka from the the, um, the sort of local, local off licenses. Yeah, as they go in there, they get held up. One of the mates hides, and the mate who doesn't hide, the guy at the bottom, he gets basically attacked and killed by the robbers. Okay. So after that, he then jump forward six months to the four friends who are left go on a, a hike through Sweden to see what they're discussing, what they want to do beforehand, like we go to Vegas or Amsterdam. One the guy who is killed wanted to go on a hike through Sweden, so he decided to go on a hike along this sort of, say like the Appalachian Trail or like the West Highland Way of Sweden. Yes, yes. Yeah. Up that. Um, when on that, they're going to walk on there, they, they start to, some weird shit happens. That trail does have a name and I forgot it, but it begins with a K. Yes, it does. <laughs> but it looks, it looks very pretty. Yes. Um, so that's basically what it is. It stars Rafi Spall, or Ray Spall, I don't know how to pronounce his name, the guy from Then Hot Fuzz and he's in Sean the Dead, yep. Life of Pies. Really good actor, really, he's um, the son of Timothy Spall. Uh-huh. Really good actor, really enjoyable. Um, a couple of guys called Robert James Collins, I don't know him, but I, I, one of the guys you know the face. Like, I know you're, you're probably tons of British TV. Same way um, Asher Ali and Sam Proud, they're the four friends, and you got to they're the four group. The other ones who you go, like, I know who those guys are, but I can't think who they are. Um, it's a really well done thriller. Like I really dug it. Yeah, yeah. And really tense. It's well performed. All that kind of commit to the roles. No one, and it, because they feel they're all good actors, it doesn't feel in any way sort of hammed up or cliche or any. It, it works really well for me. Um, the tropes are still there, you know, like let's stay let's go and stay in the abandoned house middle of the forest. Let's not stay in the abandoned house middle of the forest, but there's enough reasoning behind why they're doing it that you go right, right, it makes sense, it's pissing down the rain, you go right, okay, you want to hide somewhere, you've got to go into the, the fucking abandoned abandoned house. Um from that stuff starts bad starts happening essentially. Um the group dynamics are really good. You, you only get an introduction to them at, like for like basically two minutes. Uh-huh. To see their friendship, but you believe the friendship is five guys who obviously know each other. I love maybe a couple of friends from school, a couple of friends from work, but it's a group. It's five guys, and you kind of get the idea they are friends. You don't not believe that they all could come together. Sometimes you watch the film and you go, I don't get why you guys are friends. Uh, exactly. Whereas it seems like this movie's got a cat. It seems like it's got a, they all know each other almost intimately. In uh-huh. It comes across in that. Get, I, it's, it's, it's so odd because it's, it's nothing really big in the film that indicates that, but you get the idea that these guys are friends, and that to me makes a big difference you know, when you're watching a film. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I really like about the finale is a tad rushed, which is a bit annoying. And, and I don't really understand. There's a bit that happens in the finale, which it didn't really earn why that happened, which a bit annoyed me. Which I was like, nah, but not bad, you sort of like, oh, I, I, I would have done it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, what did freak the shit out of me was, since I was about. Eight years old, yeah. So about at least up to my into my early twenties, I had a recurring nightmare about a creature called Halloween, uh-huh. which would be like sort of be having a dream, and it'd be like a dream, sort of your your average normal dream. All of a sudden, the world, my dream would start spinning, and this creature would appear, right? And it was a terrifying. You couldn't look in the eye, or you'd fuck, and it was like this horrible sort of demonic presence. Yeah, yeah. The thing in this film. Looks like the fucking thing I had a nightmare about, which really, when I first when you first see it, it really freaked me out because like that is almost spot on. It freaked This creepy thing that I used to have a nightmare about for, for, for such a long, long time, like for a long time in my life, I had this really horrible nightmare about this thing. And it, it was so weird, yeah. And it, the creature is basically a half man, half moose type creature, uh-huh. which is not something you normally think of. It's not like it's something like, oh, it's just a big angry guy. You know, it's, it's, it's a proper creepy looking beast thing. Yeah. But yeah, I had this horrible kind of nightmare for so long in my life about this thing. And the fact they put it up on screen really fucking like that, app, like, oh, no, 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 that really threw me. Yeah. But no, other than that, like, Oh, really good film. Really enjoyable. It's 
a good British, strong British horror film. We've, we've kind of got things like similar called Bothies when you're away hiking in the Highlands and all that. Mm. And it's A couple of my pals have like, stayed in them and it's something that genuinely terrifies uh-huh. me because there's no locks on the door. Yep. Like I said, it's genuinely just like shelters yeah. that you can stay in and there's like usually maybe a couple of wee bolts or whatever. Like, that seems what, what it is, yeah. And you're like, yeah, that terrifies me. Like, no locks on the door and you can turn up to this that you've prayed. Some psychopaths in it. Aye. Aye. And, and you're like, and my pals have said it's not the first time that they've come up to a place and there's been a guy sitting there, and, you know, they've kind of gave them like a, you know, half an hour a good chat and all that, and then they've went, hey, let's go because. Aye, because like, this guy, this guy seems like he might murder us in a bed. He yeah. might, aye, or he might wake up and he's jerking off over us or something, you know, that kind of level. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen in the ritual, but happens. But gladly, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely if it's out still, which I think might be more one of it's, it's had a good release early on. Maybe getting pulled away, you know, getting this point, getting a couple of shows a week. Um, still totally worth seeing. Um, he met one of the films that probably played on Netflix in a year's time. He's sitting at home one night, you're looking for at Halloween time. Really worth seeing. Mm. It's that idea of like it's not going for the gore horror, which is lazy. Some, you know, I think it's I think quite lazy. Oh, absolutely. That's why I just that's why I don't enjoy the horror genre uh-huh. because it is like you say, it's just shock factor. Like especially things like Saw and Hostel, all the, all that kind of stuff. It's just it's just gore porn. I think I think the place yeah. for it sometimes if you have it at the right moments is good. Mm. This is more about tension and it, mm. it's more about the dynamic because in the film. When they go for the vodka, only two of them go into the the and it's also you sort of blame the other one for you know, things going wrong. So there's always that he's as guilt of like he hid and that's why I get killed. So there's always there's that dynamic of these guys are still friends, but there's always there's something that came between you know these guys like something that was a friendship that was so strong there's been this major event that's happened on it. And you can actually when you watch it you can totally relate to what it's talking about, you know. We've all got a group of maybe four or five friends and you think it wouldn't take a lot, I would take a lot, but something big like that would cause a fission and a, and a divisiveness between the group. Oh, definitely. And that's what you can. Like, that's what I really enjoyed about it. It, it worked really well. Um, so I'm giving that one seven out of ten. Fantastic. Yeah, cool. well worth watching. Well worth watching. Um, next one again, we're going to the horror again. So it's good. Yeah, um, it's a film called Double Date. I've heard about this. Yeah, about this one. Yeah. Uh, it's written by a guy called Benjamin Barfoot. I don't, know, I don't know about it because I look at the trailer and I'm like, this is just like Groundhog Day. Right. No, no, that's a different one. We'll get to that one in a minute. Okay. Okay, Double Date's a different film. Oh, you're, sorry. I'm you're, you're, you're thinking of Happy Death Day. Yes. Which we'll get into in a minute. Right. Um, but no, Double Date is written by a guy called ben, Benjamin Barfoot. Um, we've done a lot of shots. This is his first major um, feature film. So mm. it's uh, first spring at it. The plot of this film is, is two friends, one's a virgin, still 30-odd. His mate, who's like sort of the, um, the local, who thinks he's a, a ladies' man, decides, I am going to get you laid on your birthday. Okay. Nice guy. Nice guy. It's what every good friend should do for a friend. Absolutely. I agree. Um, they basically pick up two girls, unbeknownst to them, but known to us. Yeah. These two girls are serial killers. Ah, okay. And want to want to kill. You like to kill guys. Okay. And the whole story basically evolves from there. You get one sister who's a complete utter psychopath, and one who's got a wee bit. She's a psychopath, but she's she got a softer side. We all know, looking at the standard graph, if they're batshit crazy, it usually means they're shit hot in bed. Well, yes, the one who is the batshit crazy one is definitely the hot one of the two. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. Oh, so, one's very so, cute. Oh, so one is cute. That's all. The, the crazy one is hot. So the graph stands. The graph, yeah, the, the crazy hot ratio definitely stands on this one. Um, and from that, you've got the basically guys. Getting loaded into these these two girls' trap, and also it's obviously the obvious things that happen once they find out what's going on. And um, that's the basic story. It's got a guy called Danny Morgan in it, who I don't really know from anything, but he wrote it as well. I've always appreciated a guy who's willing to go that. It may go, you know what? I, I want to be an actor. I'm trying to get a push on things. I mean, if no one's hired me, I'm going to do something myself. Yeah. And that to me is awesome. You know, someone who's willing to take that 
that's funny something you know the athletic and Damon idea you know we'll write something for ourselves and get ourselves into, yeah. into the business and that's totally appreciate it's, that definitely because then you'll you'll have an idea of what a character yeah. that oh. character meant to be and all the rest of it so yeah. it's like it's a good way because you don't want to hire someone then you're like you're yeah. kind of missing the mark yeah here. so it's like it's bravo to him for doing that um, yeah. okay well Michael Soka who plays his friend um, who I don't know again British TV oh it's a British, no, British movie sorry um, Kelly Wenham who is the, the hot one um, and you've got Georgia Groom who's probably the most famous one she was in that film Angus Snogging and Thongs or something like in a teen drama one the British teen one uh, again it's not on my radar but I know that people yeah. know about it so that's kind of the one she was in but she's she's a cute one she's the one who had a bit of a second, second thoughts about stuff and you get Dexter Fletcher playing the, uh, the dad who's again he's pretty cool he's fun um, I generally dug it in a big way mm. I thought it was really fun it was, I saw it on like a Friday night I think it was it was definitely Friday night and it was most definitely the, like, the undateables in the cinema like I looked at the cinema going like I am the best looking motherfucker in this place because <laughs> like, everybody else looked like oh you're not getting laid you know there's not a chance in hell you know a lot of, so I was like I feel good in this cinema I feel really kind of I'm, I'm happy in this cinema what a single guy he's you know watching it by himself I'm like I'm, I'm alright in here I'm feeling good um, if you're in a film called Switchblade Romance you ever seen that film, French film? No, I haven't. It's, it's a comedy version of that. Okay. Which, really dark materials, it's, it's tough to do. Um, but it's pitched really well. And it, 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 it kind of did something like Scream Queen. Have you ever watched that on E4, Scream Queens? No, I have not. No, no, it's taking a horror trope and it's making it a bit, kind of, playing with it a little bit. Uh-huh. Almost like Shaun the Dead did with the... Um, Zombie trouble. Yeah, it's not taking the piss out of it. Uh-huh. It's playing it straight. But it's shown the, the idiocy of it at times, and that's where it actually came from. All the kids, all the kids, all the actors are really good. They're all, they all find out the role really well. well. Um, it moves at a really good pace. It's only about 85 minutes long, so it, it, it bumbles and battles along really quickly. You want to see as well. Um, the comedy aspects also then really jar really well with like the, the horror the horror that does happen again it, it becomes even more like oh fuck once you've seen like, some really funny enjoyable but it's like oh I don't want to see someone that happen to someone yes it yeah. works really, that, that's what works really well for me um, it's, it does show a lot of reference to the past as well which I really liked as well you know it, it, it acknowledges things in the, you know the evil dead and your special romances and your um, American Wolf in London it, it, it acknowledges all that stuff and I really like that about it also what I liked about it as well the cast they all are playing it straight they're not playing it again like I said before they're not playing it as a comedy they're playing it as it should be played and that to me makes it work so so well um, the only thing the finale again just doesn't quite hit the mark in the same way I wanted it to and some people think people might dislike the, the finale a wee bit not that it's overly gory just sort of like eh, it seems like a stretch yeah you know which I just got a bit more of a gun. it doesn't really tie in with the actual story Aye, a little bit yeah you mean there has to be a purpose to what they're I mean they're making a purpose to what the two girls are doing which I don't think you need the purpose I think you should easily just make it like, fucking crazy yeah you know I'm, I'm all for that I could totally right, go with that yeah, yeah. Um, but the guy which again I understand why they're doing that and also more importantly as well the main guy the, the, the Danny Morgan and Jordan Groom who play like the, the, the sort of two sort of sweet ones they are so so sweet Particularly the main guy, that he's a dime he's a virgin guy, he's like, oh, he is so sweet and so you're like, oh, I feel so bad for you and I really, yeah. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. Yeah. And that's what I really like about it, it's so, you're sitting there seeing all those red flies going off. Ah, yeah, but like, no. I can get, yeah, yeah, it's, and that's what works for me, I really like everything about it, it's a really fun, it's again, like I said, it's so, it's really well edited, cut down, it 
flies along at, at absolute breakneck speed, which is to me I love about a film. Absolutely. It, it, it's one of the films you're watching, you enjoy. It, it's a good Friday night after the pub watch. Especially after a light sitting through Blade Runner. For like so, four and a half hours, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like that's the kind of film you want to watch. It sells if you're you, you watch both films. Well, you watch it again. Well done, sir. Um, <laughs> we'll go into the minute about your second viewing of that. Um, but again, this one, 7 out of 10. So, different reasons for the 7 out of 10 from the is ritual. This, is this a good uh, cinema date movie? Especially because we're at Halloween time. I, I think it would be, yeah. yeah. Like, I, think, I wouldn't go on a first date. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just like watch it, watching you. But yeah, I think it's like maybe like if you've been with your partner for a while, yeah, definitely one of you can both get something out of, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, one, of the ones, like, one of the films you saw this year, but I've not, or this week that I've not seen, which was... The Snowman. The Snowman, directed by, I can't remember the guy's name. It is Thomas... Ba, 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 ba. And who directed the right one in? Uh, Thomas no. Alfredson. I think the Taylor Swift despised it. Yes. That's why he directed it. That's what he directed as well. Um, was it, was it, who's in it? Who's in it? Michael Fassbender? Yes. He's in it. Uh, oh, come on. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is in it. Rebecca Ferguson. Not um, the singer, but the, the actress. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you've got to all separate them. You do, yes. One is, a sing, one is a singer, one is a Swedish actress. We have to always make sure we know who they are. Uh, Charlotte uh, Gainsbourg is in it. Oh, nice. Jakey um, Simmons, I know, turns up in it as well. Jakey Simmons. He's a guy from Spider-Man, he's J. George Jameson. Awesome. Whiplash. Awesome. <laughs> you, know, you know who he is when you see him. Apparently he's a very dodgy accent in it. He wants to bring football to Norway. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about now. Val yeah. Kilmer comes up in it as well, Phil. Yes. And we have issues with Val Kilmer. Anyway, we'll go into that in a minute. What's the plot of the film, basically? What the film is... There's a detective and also... Can you, can you, can you confirm his name, the detective's name? His name is Harry Hole, which I think is a great name. Yeah, yeah. Is it pronounced differently in Norwegian? Is that the well, point? Yes. Uh-huh. I don't know how you pronounce it, but the O has a line for yeah, it. Yes, so, so it's Hole or something, or Holo or something. I yeah. have no idea yeah. what that translates to in, 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 in yeah, but it's Norwegian. Well, you go it's Harry Hole, which is. So, he's a detective. Well, in fact, you know what? First off the bat, this is what makes it weird for me. It's set in Oslo, Norway. They're all like English actors yeah. and actresses, or very well spoken English and actors and actresses. Yeah. And you're like, everyone loves a good um, kind of Norwegian crime drama. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I think you just use like kind of like people there. It would like make the story a lot grittier, even if it was. It didn't have to be subtitled, but even like. I think that's the issue. But see if you make it and. They named in it, I'll let it sell it. Yeah. Uh, By the way, so, David, the plot of the film. That's just the first bit. First bit uh, so, he's a detective, and also, not much happens in the world of crime up there, apparently. No. <laughs> uh, so, he's kind of like an alcoholic, and you kind of quickly learn that his home life is not okay. perfect, and it's a broken family. Um, and he's kind of moved on, and he's found a woman who he has, has a, he has a sort of like detective star, isn't he? Like people like know yeah. him from the past cases. Yes. Um, they've used his cases in the past to train future detectives yes. at Police Academy. Oh. And, um, and so then the cast, the cast story leads on and stuff, and then they start realizing that any time it snows. 
of that person that usually gets killed, uh, murdered, and then whoever does it, they leave a snowman outside their house, right. usually facing the house, and then it kind of starts all kind of unraveling and stuff, and then uh, and then you can start realising that the detective. He's just a drunken bum, really. Yeah, yeah. And you can't stop wondering, going, how's this guy still on the job? Yeah. Because <laughs> he disappears for a week. Right. And it's actually stated in the movie that he disappears for a week. Right. Now, we all know he's been on a bender. Right. And even his captain knows he's been on a bender, and his captain's like, sorry, but I've got you covered. I've put you in for a week's holiday. You're because like, you're, you're, the old, you're the star who solved cases in the past, basically, yeah? Yes. Um, there was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of kind of unanswered questions but I personally haven't read the book so yeah. I was kind of, I've only seen the movie um, apparently the book that is like a series of books but this story is contained within yes. one book um, there was just a lot of unanswered like things through the movie it didn't explain like why things were happening like when the killer would cut off uh, one like bodies he would lay them in a particular manner uh. it doesn't explain why he does that it just kind of like almost like rushes everything trying to be rushed to the next like yeah. Yeah, bit of the plot to push it forward and you're just a bit like slow it down a bit can't explain it unravel it it's a crime drama it's like this is what we're all here there's no point for it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not particularly gory you know it's more just about kind of like the story almost it's almost about the detective and and the, the young ward sort of got with the one who's training off him yeah, yeah and also the disaster relationship he has with his like, stepson right um, and now he's just practically never there because he's always pissed and forgets to do things <laughs> uh, what else was happening so I'm just trying so hard not to spoil it yeah because I'm going to see tomorrow so I'm looking forward I'm not looking forward because like, I can explain a few things you've been talking about here like actually it, it does gallop like really quickly because like, it always like keeps on like kind of jumping bits and doesn't explain anything Um what I have heard, interestingly, you talk about the, the fact that it's missing some stuff, mm-hmm. like you feel like it's jumped over bits. Apparently, the director has come out and said yeah. they only shot about 75% of the script. Right, okay. They, they run out of time to shoot all 25%. Oh, really? So they've had to cut a film together oh. that has missing filming. Okay, that could explain a lot. lot. Yeah, because apparently there's bits in the film, like, I think Chloe Savini is in it. Yeah. She plays someone who plays a twin sister. And she says, I'm a twin sister, and then disappears for the whole film. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No reason for it whatsoever. I, there's a lot of that. that, that I think that's where it came from. It's like they basically had a cut, and, and it's never, they've never finished the film. And, and it's very weird. Like, I don't know why you would... Why you would and maybe there's some more stuff going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Why it had to be released that way. But yeah. if you were a director, you would like, no, this is my baby, I'm going to hold on to it, I'm going to finish it properly. There's a lot of stuff about this film. Partly, originally, the film had been bought, the rights of the film had been bought by Scorsese's company. Okay. And they relocated the film to New York. Uh-huh. Or maybe Chicago. I, mean, I think New York. I want to say New York. So the film was going to be set in New York. Same story, but just the idea was it was New York rather than out up in, the, in the Norwegian. Yes. Dornis. He. Because he's working on a hundred different things, he eventually pulled out and said, I'm not going to do it. So it reverted back to a new director and he decided to set it back in Sweden. And also, I was actually had a budget. That as well, there's a lot of people attached to the film for a long time. I think the cap was attached to it for a while. He was, he was going to play the Fassbender role. Okay. But then he, when Scorsese pulled out, the cap pulled out. So it feels like a film has been in, kind of lost in development for a little while. Yeah. Um, also, I think the issues with the script. There's also, guys, I mean, I've heard some interesting things regarding Val Kilmer in the film. Yes. Like, he apparently was suffering from mouth cancer at the time. So, 
I think he I think he had like sort of treatment and he did ulcers cut out of his mouth and stuff like that. So when he does his role, they redubbed him with a different actor. Oh. And I don't know if is it obvious in the film? No, 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 I've said it is it obvious. I didn't notice. Right, okay. But then I haven't seen a lot of things with him in it. Okay. Um, my my passing comment when he first appeared on the screen was that's what Brad Pitt would look like if he didn't keep himself in shape. Well, Kilmer's all, Kilmer's struck a guy to only weight a lot of time. He, yeah. he, he ballooned up and down. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's what he's at this now. He's more of a balloon stage. But I think that's because of the illness obviously had an effect on him as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've heard his. People have been. I mean, this film's been called the worst film of the year. Nah. No, I mean, I've seen Baywatch and Chips this year, so can, this cannot be the worst film of the year because they are utterly atrocious. I'm got. You know, I'm, I'm going to be nice to this film because, well, with what you've said, with the only half film in it, pretty yeah. much, and also, not really a spoiler, because it doesn't lead to really anything, right at the very last line of the movie, the chief commander guy comes into the room where they're all sitting, and then uh, Detective Harry, uh, sorry, the captain goes, bloody, bloody, black case. Uh, does anybody want this? And then Harry says, I'll take it. It's setting up a world. The idea is to set up a whole so franchise. I'm assuming this is setting up for the next book. It's not going to happen. No. It's made so little money, it's been panned by the critics. It's been, I mean, it's ridiculous. Although. But then, isn't that just hopping back to, if the have shot 75% of a movie and tried to stitch a movie together, then isn't that a reason? Absolutely, 100%. You, uh, you, you want to give a guy, but then, the other question is, if they built in, say, six weeks of filming, what have they been doing? They mean they've only had 75% of it. You know, what, what's happening? Is this, is it, is this, I mean, I've watched Tingle Tales with Despite, it's a slow film. Yes. Is he a slow director? Is that what it is? Is he, is he, is he you know, trouble to put a film together like that? Is, it, is it he want too many takes? Is there problems between the actors? Is there problems between him and the actors? This, usually, re- if you don't shoot a whole film, apparently not only shoot, you might miss a few scenes here and there, you have to work around, but to miss like 25% of the film, that's a, that's a chunk of film. That's, like, that's, a, that's a good what a good quarter of the film it's missing another thing that was random that they never explained and this could be leading also um, I think it's like the mayor of the town or something like that um, like uh, trying to get uh, the Winter Games to come to Oslo that's the guy that's who J.K. Simmons, Simmons is he's the guy yeah. trying to do that that's who he's that, trying to do so that's kind of like his storyline but every time he meets a woman he takes a picture of her like with his phone doesn't explain it again that something may be in the that yeah. should maybe in the script yeah. but real shame because like there's um I'm, I've not read a lot of Joe Nesbo's work like the guy who wrote the book mm. I, I, I stated a lot of his work I think he's a big fan of the work isn't she of his work well she's definitely read the snowman Snowman, but, yeah. yeah but he did he, he adapted a film of his called Headhunters have you ever seen that one no. I think that's a phenomenally good film okay like it's got that real kind of dark comedy element to it like you say going like, like that is fucked up but I cannot help but watch this thing and it's in Norwegian so it's in the, it's in the language well but I, th- I just like, like see if they had done that because you know there's been a lot of kind of like Norwegian crime stuff that's came over Scandinavian watch Scandinavian film recently has been a big kind of resurgence definitely yeah I just feel like it would have just gave it just a bit more you would have been you would have been invested a bit more yeah. in the location and all that and even though they were showing you and they were showing you the the most northernly road in the world oh. like so you got it there's no way but I just feel see if they had like kind of local actors and actresses I think it would have just sold it a lot better Aye. you know yeah I mean Fafner now has been in, he's basically a couple of quite big failures recently yeah because like Assassin's Creed bombed this is bombed, and I think something else before that, um, Alien Covenant wasn't received well, you know, so he said... Yeah, that was, that was... 
Yeah, questions. Yeah, that was uh, just churning out like they're ruining their own lawn now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're trying to make it. They're trying to put a uh, in that. They're trying to put like sort of a uh, mythology, something never had a mythology. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, no, no, I'm discussing for another time. But I'm sure we've discussed it. Yeah, Fastbender is really. He seems to be. He, he seems to be doing well. At the indie like that one out this year when he plays a gypsy, um, who's in the I can't remember. But I've not seen it, but I hear it's very, very good, so I've not seen it yet, but I'll have to try and catch it. I didn't get much of a release, unfortunately. Um, apparently very good in that, but it seems like they've tried to now maybe a couple of big budget from they've tried to do. Plus try to start off this sort of the, the franchise with the Harry Hole character and also with the Adam Creek character. And it fell, it's sort of fell badly. Potentially got a home, I think, on a on-demand service. For if an on-demand service yeah. picked it up for like I don't know how many books this guy's yeah. written a with lot, this I character. Think, yeah. I think a lot. <laughs> I think you could definitely maybe squeeze like another movie out of it. It's just because of the way the first movie ends, it is set up to be something else. But it's heartbreaking because I watched the movie and then I was listening to a podcast with himself on it and you know kind of doing like a, almost like a kind of movie uh, interview I know you listen to other podcasts with movies all the hours Barry that, 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 that hurts me a little bit but now continue continue sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's just a bit heartbreaking because he's obviously building it up and all because you know he's in it uh, he's got to yeah that's his job yeah a bit like uh, oh my why it's the movie's not as good as what you're portraying, yeah. but I get it. You're you're proud of this role <laughs> and all the rest of it. But the the, the, the proclamations of it being the worst film of the year, you think that's over the top? Way over the top. I think like I think in a, in a year we've had Baywatch and Chips. I know. Yeah. And we've potentially still got Jumanji to come. Yes. Now we're not matching <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, but it has been wrecking a few franchises. Recently. It has. Yes. Anyway, so you're definitely not the worst film of the year. Definitely not. not what like, you give out of ten? I'm going to say a comfortable five and a half, six. Five or six? Five or six. Five or six out of ten. That's not bad. Because eh? well, no one knows that they didn't film all of it. Yeah. Then, you know, you have to be, you have to give it a bit of leeway there. And like I said, it's definitely not by any stretch of imagination the worst movie ever. Because what is there? There's bones or something there you can see something been built from. There's like enough of a coherent story. A few random moments in it, even with the person walking about. And actually... Who I originally thought it was, it's not, and, right. and I'm like, wow, that's really well done. Uh-huh, right, okay. I, I genuinely didn't see that coming, and I'm like, nice. Well, I'm going to see it tomorrow, so I'm intrigued to watch it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I'm always intrigued to watch the film. It's a divided opinion, yeah. or has been given. Because everyone I've talked to who's seen it hasn't hated it. Yeah, they've, they've maybe struggled with it a bit, but not hated it. Whereas every review I've read of it so far is utterly has been panning it. So I'm intrigued to see like the, the, the critical response compared to like, the actual response might be something different. But you're saying six out of ten. Yep. Solid. Solid. It's a solid one. Solid one. Uh, this one I've got is something called The Party. Okay. Okay. Made uh, by Sally Potter. We directed a film called Ginger and Rosa a couple of years ago, which is actually really, really sweet, really, really, really good watch. Um, also Orlando, which is Orlando, sorry, is a good film as well. And um, also done a lot of theatre, like she's a, a theatre director more than anything else. The plot of this film is it's a party, obviously. It's happening because someone's celebrating being elected to the House of Commons, I think it is, or possibly been a, a political job up, bumped up. All the friends arrive at the party, at the party, the old man at the party, sort of the, 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 the husband of the woman who's thrown the party, drops a bombshell in the, in the film, and everything sort of spins off from that, and everyone else, everyone, it's very middle class, everyone's got their own problems, they're all 
and it's all coming to fruition in this one party. Um, it's got a hell of a cast. You've got Patricia Clarkson in it, it's got Emily, Mo- Emily Mortimer, it's got Cillian Murphy, it's got Timothy Spall, and our Spall, Kirsten Scott, Scott Thomas as well, <laughs> Mouthful. Um, but so it's, a, it's a, like a heavyweight, like a solid acting cast, you know, this is, these guys know their job, these yeah, guys know yeah. what they're doing. Um, brilliantly performed, because they're all good at what they do. Insanely dialogue which I really like about a film. I mean, a film is dialogue and it's just people talking. I like to see smart people talking. Yes. Yeah. Um, Could you know it's not relying on big budget yeah, CG? You know the script is shit or Yeah, the script is built around this is what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, in a way, that's sort of the part of the problem. It, feels, it does feel very much like a stage play. You know, like something could have been done on stage and have the same effect, and because that doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel cinematic enough. I had the same problem with that in terms of you see the film last year with um, Denzel Washington called Fences. No, I didn't. Same thing. It was on. It was on stage in Broadway. It got amazing reviews. It translated on the screen. I mean, Denzel, Denzel Washington, man, he is fucking. He's, he is a man. He can yes. do anything he wants. But the film itself didn't feel like it was cinematic. It felt very much like a play, which is that's what it is. That's where Robert lives in. That's where it should be. Um, this film, even it's 70 minutes long, it still has, it's only 70 minutes, like it's, it's, it's short and it's witty and it's clever. It still felt like it dragged at times. And for 70 minutes, you go, I feel like 70 minutes long should not feel like it's like, no. Like, 70 minutes, you're almost feeling changed. Uh, like, hey, hey, where's the rest? You should be going like, come on, let's move this shit along, let's get moving, let's see what's happening with it. But I tend to have made my friend Colin, have you seen it? Like, Colin from this, from this once podcast was at it. And both of us went, this needs to fucking shift. This needs to seem. This needs to move. Yeah. Um, but when it does move, it's very funny. It's very dark as well. Some really good one-liners. Some really good witty, clever stuff. Um, but it's like just like a, as I felt. It feels like a, it feels like a stage play that can translate onto the, onto the screen and maybe make a work better as a play. Like the the end, the final act turn in it. It's not telegraphed. But both me and Colin's girlfriend both saw it coming. Yes. And in, I, I, we don't know how we saw it coming. We both went like, going, I saw that. You make sure I saw that as well. Yeah, yeah. And in a way, I didn't feel cheap, cheap but I thought like when I felt like it, it was. It's you would say it's obvious when it's not telegraphed. But I kind of predicted it a little bit. Yeah. Well, it was the same with Stacey and the Snowman. She knew instantly. Granted, she read the book right enough, uh-huh. but she knew where the film was wanting to take you and who the actual person was and uh-huh. when afterwards when we were talking about it I was like yeah I didn't see that at all no. yeah, so, yeah it's kind of weird how some folks just pick up on slight details and you're like got it, it yeah it didn't ruin the film by figuring that out yes. but I did pick on it very quickly oh. I, I know it quickly but I figured I'm going, I'm, I know who because it start the, basic, the start of the film is the end shot of the yeah. film yeah. but you see from one point of view yes so by about 20 minutes but take once the reveal is made yes I knew who the other side of the of the, the camera was. Yes. Does that make sense? Yep, I get you, yeah. Okay, so I knew who that person was. And that didn't ruin it, but I kinda of figured that was coming. Um and it's not a bad thing, just it, it's sort of like I just I it. It, it, seemed, it, it didn't ruin it, it seemed like but not like seeing something too early can ruin some film. For example, I saw Shutter Island, the one with the cat yes. and Scorsese film. Yes. I figured in the first five minutes oh, who he was. Luckily enough for me, it was pretty much right up until the almost the end, right. or the end part. Right, okay. That um, you got it at that point. Yes. Nah, I twigged and, early. And I don't know if it was just like a almost like a naivety in mind, uh-huh. and I'm like, 
surely they would do that. No, it's like, that's like too obvious. Yeah. They never have done it. No, see, I twigged in it early on. Problem is with those, sorry, problem is with those movies, they'll literally ruin it. Like, oh, it's a one and done. Yep. You, you cannot go back to it because you suddenly pick up on everything. If you watch The Sixth Sense, yes. it's, it's, you can't really do it again, but it, it is sort of ruined to an extent. Not yeah. ruined, but it's, it's, it's not a two-time watch almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Charlie Island is years old, and I still haven't watched it. And I'm a lover of going back over films yeah. I've watched like six months ago. I, I like Scorsese. I'm, I enjoy Scorsese, but Scorsese with the character really like as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I twigged that film. Not, I just twigged it too quickly. Yeah. Because I, and I think if I watched it again, I'd, I'd probably see it in the same way. Just not have the same effect on. Again, not have any effect on me. Yeah, I was so well going like this is going to happen. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. And I, I got it so quickly. Mm-hmm. And this film kind of has that a little bit. Um, I'm going to give it six, six and a half out of seven. Six and a half out of ten, sorry. I, I enjoyed it, it's fun, and it's so fucking quick. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 70 yeah, minutes seven, long. 70 minutes. And you battle through it. You it's know, part of a, a TV episode. It basically is. It's, it's almost like a, yeah, it's like a TV. And that's why I felt it should be a play. Yes. You know, feel like a play. Yeah. And that's why, but yeah, it's totally enjoyable. It certainly could explain the running time of it. Oh, definitely, know? yeah. She had a, a playwright, and that, that makes total sense. But no, again, a solid film. I don't think you can get much. I think it's still out just now, actually. Okay. I think it's going to be out for, next, for at least next week. So, yeah, definitely, if you can get a chance to watch it, it's not a big commitment. It's a quick, quick watch. You can go see that and then go see something else. And you know, you're not wasting. You know, you're, you can be, see two films in three hours, you'll be fine. Yeah. You know, so well worth a watch. I'm going to just quickly interject here because it's very short and straight to the point. I went and seen Blade Runner again. Right, okay, yeah, we've got that, yeah, Blade Runner. <sighs> right. Does it work better on a second viewing? No. No, okay. I think, I think it almost makes it worse if you, because I now know the running time of it. Yes, uh, you're waiting for shit to happen. <laughs> shit that's never coming. Yeah. Uh, well, this could just be a personal thing with me. I found on a second watch I picked up a lot more of the kind of running story like kind of maybe bits of dialogue that I had missed that kind of tied it all in maybe if someone with a bit more of an attention span would be happily watching it once and done yeah. but I felt I got a little bit more from it and I picked up with just little subtle yeah. details yeah my review still stays the same so yeah this didn't change it Slow. still looks stunning but story wise not there yeah what about your mate who saw it with you did he enjoy it he enjoyed it um, was it yourself or would he really enjoy it more? Um, I think pretty much that. I, I think like the feeling is across the board with everyone. Eventually, looks shit hot. Oh, it looks beautiful. S- stories are a bit wishy-washy and runs for far too long. Fucking way too long. I mean, I, if you're going to have me sitting in a cinema for three hours, yeah. you have got to make it worth it. Because that's essentially... That's 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 a day in the cinema. Like, that's one film. I yeah. want to go see a couple of films, and I, I know I'm not I'm not the normal cinema audience. I want to go see two or three films a day. Yes. But if you tell me one film at three years long, that is a good three. That's, that's a good chunk of time. You've really got to make it worth it for me. Even for the, I'm going to fling myself into the average uh, cinema consumer oh. because you know we go maybe once, maybe twice a week if we're lucky. Yeah. Oh man, three hours. It's just. In fact, it's more than three hours because we usually turn up for the trails and all that, and you're like, yeah, If you're thinking after work, for example, you finish work, I finish work at five o'clock most yeah. days. If I go see a film at half five, yeah. I think it's at half eight, I'm not going to film to nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And I remember, I told you the story, like, Jill literally got home from London, and the time it took me to go to fucking Blade Runner, but you know, it's like, that's insane how long, how long, how long that film is. And, it just, and if you're going to, I mean, there are films you can go for the full three hour running time, and I have, I have no problem, I'm, I'm totally with them and I'm okay with it. This is just not the movie and looking back at it and then also I ended up re-watching the trailer as well. I think they should have buried 
uh, Harrison yes. they should it's never, a waste yeah. they should never have had him in the trailer I agree it ruined it ruined it up to that point there's not there's not a mention of previous Blade Runners no in fact there's a very brief moment right in the you see some clips from the old film that you're getting yes. and all the Edward James Arnold's in it as well you see him but yeah there's, a, there's no need to put the trailer on to try and sell the film but I Wait, think that film could have been sold based on the Gosling aspect of oh, it 100% like if anything Harrison's almost like a washed up actor now it's like his name doesn't carry the same weight that it used to no you know a few dodgy Indiana Jones in there and a few things that Elsie's done fuck you I enjoy the shit out of Crystal Skull I like it hide in the fridge <laughs> I'll last 15 minutes I fucking love the last Crystal yeah. Skull okay <laughs> I just mean like a lot of these movies um, him himself is not pulling people no I agree absolutely agree like he it's franchises that are pulling people I would I think The Force Awakens pulled me into the him I think having had it, having Han Solo back in the, in the old film did pull me in yeah. that made me want to see that film but I get what you're saying yes he's not the kids aren't going to see Harrison Ford these days you know that's not the draw but again the draw of that film wasn't towards the 15 16, 18 year old kid the draw of that film is your 30 to 40 year old guy yeah. that's the so putting hands on it maybe would draw people in yeah. but I think the audience would want to see Blade Runner would go and see it regardless yes if we had fallen in it or not yeah. yeah like I said though I don't think it's worth a, a second watch especially not the now uh, uh, yeah it's a personal thing I picked up a wee bit more of the story but that's just might be me because I don't pay attention to things but fair enough a 70 minute movie could be ideal for me uh, um, next film on the list uh, something the one you mentioned earlier on you get mixed up with is a film called Happy Death Day yes which we all mean Joe Yes, yes we enjoyed that one um, directed by a guy called Christopher Landon trailer in my sorry trailer in my opinion does not sell this movie at all I thought the trailer was about like huh Really? See, brothers, the trailer sold me. Really? Because my friend tried to describe it to Chris, who's an occasional member of this parish. Yes. Tried to explain it to me at one point, and I'm going, that sounds really weird. But I saw the trailer, and literally the next time I saw it, I saw it, I'm going, you know what, I'm all other. I'm actually all in this film. It looks interesting enough. What really got me more into it was the guy who directed, directed a film last year, which did not enough release, and I found it very enjoyable. It was called Scout's Guide to the Apocalypse. Yes. I really enjoyed that film. People recently didn't. appeared on Netflix yes watch it people did not go for that film but I dug it in a big way I thought it was actually really, it pitched itself really well and I got what I was doing uh-huh. and he also did a film called Paranormal Activity the Mark one which was not great but we'll let him go he's you know franchise film take the money run. Yeah. Um, but what he did do he also wrote a film called Disturbia which has got Shia Booth in it which is a really good sort of remake of Rear Window mm-hmm. really, I really enjoyed that film really, Spielberg produced it really good flick Anyway, they've got a happy death day. It's like Groundhog Day for a serial killer. Yes. This girl keeps waking up. She's killed by a serial killer, but she keeps waking up every time. And every time the serial killer kills her, she wakes up again. And from that, she got to try, from the film, you've got to try and just figure out who has killed her. And hopefully by finding that out, she'll survive the the, the, the attack and, uh, and she'll be able to move on in life and not have to constantly wake up. Yeah. Okay. The cast, I don't really know any of the cast, to be honest. It's got a girl called Jessica Rothy in it, who I thought was excellent. And a couple of really very very good looking people in the film but I'll put in um, the guy called Israel Broussard who plays like sort of the I'm going to say the love interest but not kind of love interest he's in it a girl called Laura Clifton who plays sort of like the sorority house Queen Bee who I found really funny in it okay um, it is very funny okay it's very dark but it's struck it, it does what Edge of Tomorrow does which is every time Edge of Tomorrow yes every time he dies and wakes up again 
you get a little bit more information. Yeah. So you start to build up more and more and more. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel repetitive. It does feel that's supposed to feel, but it does build up. So you got, you're almost getting everything that happens. You learn a little bit more. And you see a little bit more of the world. You see a bit more of her. And I like that about it. As she killed and woke up too many times, because that's what I thought with that uh, Edge of Tomorrow. I sat there and I was just like, right, we get it. Can we get to the next bit, please? Like, no, I see. I, it, it has got the same kind of idea as that. We yeah. see him constantly. So, but I like that. I think I think that worked really well in the film. Mm-hmm. I think it, and it did every time she wakes up. Sometimes she wakes up and she's in a good mood. Yeah. Because yeah. she's figured out something. She's like, I know what to do now. Yeah. And the next time she wakes up, she's like, oh, I'm fucking annoyed. I'm angry. I'm still pissed off. And she's the way she treats the person who wakes up because. Seems like she's like sort of like the, the frat house or the sorority girl who's sort of having a good time on campus, sleeping around, <laughs> enjoying life. Being a uh, sorority girl. Being a sorority girl, yeah. Um, so sometimes she wakes up like wakes up in the the the, 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 the random guy's dorm going, oh shit. And then sometimes she wakes up and she she plays with the guy like she knows she knows everything about him. Obviously, she woke up the nineteenth time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a mess a little bit. So you enjoy that part of it as well. But no, I really dug this film. It gets the the horror tropes. Uh-huh. Plays it really well. Really really digs it. All the cast, again I mentioned the, the TV show Scream Queens we talked about earlier on. Yes. It's that level of pitching, it's sort of like, it's taking the idea and just, it's taking the piss but it's not being, uh, um, it's not being mean about it, it's not trying to say this is stupid. But I'm doing crying by right now, yeah. very interesting. Um, <laughs> Flash of lights. It's not, it's not taking the piss out of the, 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 the genre, it's actually showing a bit of reverence to it but in a funny way and yeah. I really dug it, I thought it was really fun. So would you say it leans more towards a kind of light-hearted kind of comedy side of things, or is it more... They, 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 some of the deaths are quite graphic, aren't they? Yeah. You, even you thought that, there's some of them you're like, oh, like, Jesus Christ, fucked up. Right, okay. There's, there's not a lot of blood in it, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. not a lot of that in it. Is there a lot of blood in it? I don't remember any blood in it at all. Is that an 18? 15. 15, okay. Yeah, there's not a lot of blood in it, but it's... It's a, it does shine more towards the comedy aspect of it because some of the stuff we should die are quite funny. Some of the should react to things are pretty funny as well. But yeah, I, it's more towards the comedy aspect rather than the, the horror cool. genre part. But, but yeah, it's still out in the cinema. I'm probably welcome. You know, it's a quite good sort of feedback. Yeah, especially now with it being Halloween. Halloween and stuff like that. I enjoyed it immensely. I thought it was really fun. Again, beasts along. It's about 95, 96 minutes long. It wraps along at breakneck speed. So you don't feel you're bored sitting there watching it and after it works out. Some of the stuff at the end, like the sort of, has, you, know, you, can, you do see coming. Yes, yes. Which I saw, for, which I saw coming. Expected, though. Expected yeah. in a horror film, they playing on this trophy, expect that you're not, you know, yeah. so you're, there's nothing, you're not, you're not annoyed by it. I did figure out who the killer was quite early on. Oh, not again. But Jill didn't, but I did figure out who the killer was early on. It does, it, to me, it didn't ruin the film. Okay. I still enjoyed it. Do I want to come into you know how it all went about? What we did enjoy in the film was there was a guy sitting behind us in the cinema. <laughs> He was by himself, well, I didn't know at the time, but as we were watching the film, all we heard, we heard him keep going, he kept going, ooh, <laughs> and like, and he's like, ooh, what was the sound? Okay, he's like, ooh, ah, ooh, and then at one point he went, actually went, ooh, that's bad, and it's like, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? He must be sitting with his mate, come around, just a guy sitting by himself, just reacting to the film in his own mind. Wow. But, but verbally out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's recorded a podcast in the cinema. Well, it could have been, but it's like, it's like, at one point the reveal happens and he goes like, oh, you won't like that. I'm like, what the f-? I couldn't even get annoyed at him because like, you're quite entertaining me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Normally I'm the guy who goes like, shut the fuck up, my brother. Ah, but he's like, no, I'm like, he's like, Ooh. So, but yeah, all that, really good film, really enjoyable. Again, one of the films you watch on Netflix and have a good time with it. It, seems like, it almost seems like a Netflix release almost, but it's not. It feels that in that kind of world. Are we definitely taking this as a date movie, the now while it's Halloween? Yes. 
I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. Uh, again, a really solid 7 out of 10. So I, I really enjoyed it. Like, well worth watching. Well worth watching. A good, a good film that fits in the genre and does the genre justice, which is hard to find sometimes, and I, I'm all for that. Especially in the horror department, is, there's a lot of trifle in there. Mm. You know? A lot of shit in there, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, um, next film, I think it's one we've both seen. Yes. The only film we've both seen, which is good, yeah, <laughs> is um, Geostorm. Now, I have to say... Did you go to this on my recommendation? Uh, well, no, because we were, I was always going to originally see it anyway, because uh, it's a disaster movie. Yep, no, you're wrong about that, yeah. When you gave me a bit of a heads up, it didn't really deter me. No! I'm if anything, I was more prepping Stacey, <laughs> because I was like... Did she go to see this one with you as well? Yeah, yeah. Was she, is she unhappy with me right now, with insisting you want to see this? No. No, she's no. unhappy with you for dragging her to it? Maybe, maybe. But all that means is the next couple of movies. It's her choice. Her choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, directed by a guy called Dean Devlin. You know the name? No. As a director, you don't know the name of the director, okay? Because he's not directed much. But what he has done, he produced Stargate, okay. Godzilla, Independence Day, Universal Soldier, all that kind of stuff, right? Okay, so, he, so he's got a good track record. He got, he, he's of big budget. He knows, yeah, he's he, he producer of those. Um, the plot of the film is essentially. It's about 2019, 2020, something about then, remember yeah, then? Yeah, yeah. The world is sort of ravaged by insane number of storms and sort of like extremer events, so in response, all the governments of the world come together and they decide to put a satellite system in space yes. that will, if a weather thing starts to kick off, it fires some sort of like... Small missiles? Missiles, possibly. Yeah, into the cloud. Into the storm to yeah. break the storm up or, or whatever to stop droughts and all that kind of shit and to stop things from happening. Or to start floods. Stop, yeah, floods or that. Yeah. To stop shit from going down. That's basically the plot. Yep. And five years later. probably wreck the ecosystem when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Because there's no balance to the ecosystem. No. Um, it's about five, three, three to five years later. Yes. The system starts to go awry because terrorists want to take it over and use it as a weapon. Yes. That's basically the plot. In the film with Gerard Butler, who is the designer of the weapons program or of the, um, the the system itself, yeah. he's been tasked to try and which, fix it. Which has the worst name I could have possibly have thought of. I mean, like, what was the name of the, the system called? Dutch Boy. That's what it was. Yeah, it, oh, it's, uh, the boy with the thing on the dam. Uh, That's where it came from. Uh, so they're plugging the dam with the fingers of the little Dutch boy. That's where it came from. I, I, I'm annoyed that I remember that part of the film. To be honest. Uh, all the way through, when they kept on referencing that, I'm like, Dutch boy. It's know? a shit name. Yeah. Um, also in it is a guy called Jim Sturgis, uh-huh. who's playing Jerry Butler's brother. Even though in fact look nothing alike. No. No, not at all. Not even close to looking alike. And also. I don't know how old they were meant to be, but Jim Sturgeon he got on in life really well in this film. Because he must be what he looks about what twenty five. Yes. But he's already the fucking secretary of agriculture. Or something like it feels like he's got on well really quickly in yeah. life. He has sucked a lot of that. Yeah, he's got far in life early. <laughs> um, you've also got Abby Cornish from Robocop Sugar Punch playing the most unbelievable CIA uh, no secret agent in the world. Yes. Who seems to be really coerced by uh, apparently Jim Sturgeon's dick. Every opportunity she goes, that man has an amazing dick because anything he has to do, she will do. Every <laughs> opportunity. Um, and also Ed Harris and also Andy Garcia. I love seeing Andy Garcia and everything. I enjoy Andy Garcia. Um, what do you think of it, Barry? What did I think? What do you think of it, yes? Uh, it was. There was a lot of like. There was a lot of moments to the point where I felt. There was one scene, sorry. There was one scene in the movie where. It's like the NASA Space Center, and they've got a lot of like rockets lined up for like travel. 
but my only problem is there's a shot where you see a rocket taken off and then literally not even not even any sort of real safe distance away from this rocket there's buses and people walking about and I felt like tweeting uh, NASA and going what is the temperature of like the base when a rocket takes off I feel like people shouldn't be anywhere near this I'm, I'm happy to think I know you most about this film <laughs> uh, there's a few other, just, okay. it was like just simple things like the design of Dutch Boy is it's a net right round the globe yes what about um, what about like space debris that just uh, rattling it yeah, rocking gravity you know how shit works I mean like it's almost like they put it in a perfect solar system where like there's no asteroids or nothing floating yeah. about. Uh, uh, it, yeah, there was there was a lot of bits where I was just and also the fact he teleports to space almost like like when he that leaves to me as well. The idea when like he the, leaves to go and fix it after it's the like discovery. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's no way you're going to space yet, fine. <laughs> not jet lag, like nothing yet. Space lag up, whatever you call it. Like, yeah. nothing. He's just like, he turns up to the space station and just buffles it off. Like, like he's commuting from Glasgow to Kilmarnock essentially, like he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, ah, yeah. oh, it's, it's, it's no problem, I'm not yeah. giving it. Uh, and yeah, there's just there's a lot of kind of like cheesy kind of disaster movie moments when he's like, he's promised his daughter he'll be back and all that. Yeah. One comment I said to Stacey during the movie was uh, later on in the movie when things start going awry and the International Space Station is breaking apart. I said to Stacey, I'm like, because they were all watching it on the TV, TV yeah. which is a news channel, uh-huh. and I sat there and like, who the fuck is filming that? It, it, it makes no sense. Like that, I was just like, eh. And then, yeah, it kind of, the story unravels and stuff, and then it kind of involves like the US president and. Like, a lot of the kind of, like, visuals and stuff were, like, quite cool. Like, uh, But not, I felt not enough of them. No. No. It wasn't enough disaster shit. And it, what the disaster was here was, was, again, my issue of disaster. I'm, I'm all for disaster films. Yeah. But it felt very off-handed. Like, sort of, like, now you don't die, but, uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, blow. Yeah. yeah. Almost like we don't really care. Because everyone who dies is essentially brown people. Yeah. Like, Brazil gets hit. Afghanistan yeah, gets right. hit. India gets hit. Who else gets somebody else? Who gets title weight? Who gets something else hit? Hong Kong. Hong Kong gets hit. Got a, I don't know, a lava hat or something. Yeah, and um, that was kind of weird. Orlando gets hit, but it's all politicians, so we're like, I can't be alright with that. Yeah. yeah. But everyone else gets hit, it's all it's essentially like people, essentially. No one, no one of white origin gets hit at any point. No. Um, I think it's the problem I had with it. I was excited for this film, as, as you got by my many tweets about this film, my many texts about this film. I just don't think it built up the the level of danger that people were in. Oh. That's its problem, like, you just seem like, you've seen things happening, like, in Hong Kong when the kind of road was collapsed and stuff. That was the only scene that I was like, like, that's kind of preventing a bit more kind of like danger, because you've got this wee fella driving along the road in his wee car, and it's like the road's collapsing and stuff, and he's trying to dodge everything, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm in with that, but then there was a lot of other things like um, in Rio when it was happening, when the water was freezing over, and then everyone was running from the beach, and then uh, everyone is freezing as they're running away. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't really conveying a lot of like danger because it's not building it up. No, it doesn't. It just appears and that's it. Yeah. Um, that's the problem I have with it. The film is itself is it's it's bad, but it's not awful. No. There's a bones or something that could be quite a fun idea. Yes. It doesn't deliver that. And, and every performance is wooden as hell. Oh. There's not like, like Butler itself is utterly fucking awful. I thought I thought it was absolutely atrocious. Yeah. And I do wonder like how did Butler get to the point in life where he's actually making these films? Like, he's actually getting hired and continually. I know, like because he has a good actor, and I was just sitting there like, is he just collecting a paycheck with? Oh, I mean, 
Definitely appreciate me. Yes, thank you. Can I get any more drinks? No, I'm good, thank you. Um, aye, he's like one of those guys who like, I think, I mean, then, but then again, I know that film, for example, had real production hell. Okay. Like, it started shooting back in 2015. Wow. Right, okay, so. That's a, that's a long that's time. A, for a film, it's a chunk of change ago. They basically, they, Devon directed it, they had a film in a can, I think, to some degree, then they brought on a guy who directed Judge Dredd, who's in, I can't remember right now. Okay. The original, not the good, not the, not the good Dredd, the shit Dredd, uh-huh. the one Dredd. No, no. They brought him on to like, sort of do some reshoots, yeah. and that's, and then, and I think you get that film in the film, it feels very pieced together. Yeah. And throughout the whole film, you want to go that, why is, like, what the hell is happening? And they feel like every guy that every time is explaining something, Everything was exposition out of their mouth. There's no one ever given any sort of like character development. It's just all exposition. Exactly because the uh, I forgot a name. There we go. Abby Cormish. Uh, uh, I feel bad. I cannot pronounce her name. And they put Odrio. Yes. Or the uh, the detective wizard. Yes. They did not explain one iota. Her job or like there was no character development there yeah. and I'm like that is a perfect character because she knows a bit and you can tell that it's playing on her mind that oh. she's starting to know things oh. about I'm assuming the, like, the government because she works for them oh. I think um, but I, that I, was a missed opportunity right everyone there. got coerced very quickly I thought yeah. like Abby Conley for example gets coerced into doing some pretty much basically doing like treason yeah. based on like come on Come on, and she's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like straight off the bat, there's like, and she does make a joke about it yeah. as well. And then goes, alright, alright, I'll do it. And then she goes, it's the last time. And literally, five like, you're like, okay, I'll do this last one thing. And like, you keep fucking saying it, like, stop doing perjury. Stop doing shit. How good does this guy eat pussy? Ah, oh, he's like, <laughs> amazing. To do this, like, to, he can basically do it. I just, that's what I think. If it would, if it'd be, if it'd be like, I was trying to like, do like, if you take the sort of big action disaster sort of epic film, yes. right, you put Armageddon on one side as like the definitive, but that is fucking awesome. Yes. And you put Independence Day results at the other end. Right. It's not as bad as that. It's not as bad as Independence Day. It's not as bad as Independence Day results. But it is sliding more towards that end of the scale. Yeah. To get Armageddon. It's not bad, but it's, it's it is bad, but it's not awful. Yes. I think once again as. Once again, it's a bit like the snowman. It's like there's bones there of a good movie. It's just like there's just it's just like it's not enough of a of a development. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's not terrible, but yeah, I walked away feeling just uh, not overwhelmed by it. Like, no. I shouldn't have rushed to see it as much as I did. I think you did have to because I think it'll be in the cinema very long, no. so probably um, better for you. I think it didn't get off to a good start either because this is the first time in history. Now I'm very patient as a person. I'll give people their due when it comes to eating shit in the cinema. Right. But we were sitting there. It's not a particularly busy cinema, but at that time we went to the half five show and quite a few folk were in already. And I was like, okay, trails haven't started yet, so it's still plenty of time. We sat and there was an empty row behind us. Then all of a sudden, a whole group of old women come in. Oh, and they it's, take, it's a nightmare. And they take up the whole row uh, behind us. And they were chatting away through the trails. And I'm like, hey, okay, give them their dues. Not everyone loves a trailer like myself. Ca- I accept that. Yes. I accept that, yes. Then the screen goes dark. Then it pops up the title of the movie. They're still chatting. And I'm like, all right, okay, maybe they're just chatting and finishing up. 
Yeah, the movie starts and they're still chatting, and then what makes it worse is the women behind it. They weren't actually like they were talking about stuff that was happening on the screen, mm. and uh, and like uh, referencing how nice uh, Butler was and all the, and all the other characters. And I'm, and then one of them, so I had her on one ear, and then in the other ear I had a woman opening a pack of crisps and then sitting there rummaging. It's the only word I can describe because. She sure as fuck wasn't eating. Yeah. She was rummaging for the crust at the bottom that had the most salt. I had that going on in the other ear, and I said to Stacey, I'm like, we are moving. I, like, I literally, I don't know what it was, but this is now the second movie we have seen in the Empire where through the day it seems to be a bit quieter. So I, it was a bit quieter. I had that background noise going on, and I'm like, now we are moving. We're moving. So eventually we had to move and we went and sat up the back, but in front of us there was folk munching again and I went, Well this is not as bad because it's not behind me. Mm. But still I was like that's the first time in history I've ever had to move mm. because it was that bad and I'm like I was I was raging and I was actually genuinely gonna say something. Um so I've got to the point where I I can't know what you need to go and see. Yes. But I know when you see certain films at certain times uh-huh. to avoid that level of audience. Yes. And I'm getting really good at being able to predict that. Well, a lot of the time we actually just randomly strike home because like I said, Empire and Clyde Bank, it's a fantastic cinema, uh-huh. comfy seats. But for some reason it doesn't it doesn't attract big audiences, yeah. especially a lot of the time from Lego, because we generally miss like the Friday nights uh-huh. and all that due to work commitments, but yeah, that one was that was a tough, tough set. Mm-hmm. Out of ten, what are you giving it? Mm, uh, once again, I'm going to be I'm going to be generous this movie. I'm going to give it a six. Six. I'm going to give it a four. Wow. So a five overall. Yeah. That seems fair. A five is definitely. It's like I said, not awful, but not good. No. No. Um, few more I've seen, but obviously the big release this week, I think Colin's more annoyed we're not talking about this, but he's here because, but I, fuck it, I saw it, he saw it as well, he's not here, he's not going to get talked about it, was um, Thor Ragnarok, okay. the continuation of the MCU universe, which is now taking all my money. Trailer, trailers, fucking sold this movie, I haven't been to see it yet, but this trailer fucking sold I mean, If you want to know how much money Marvel's got, Marvel's got a Zeppelin song in the trailer. <laughs> That cost ridiculous. That cost your average. That cost about ten million bucks about in the fucking trailer. <laughs> Ze- and Zeppelin did not allow their music in a, in a film. You know they're so ridiculous. They don't allow. I mean, I can't think of two films I've seen with a Zeppelin song in the trailer. In, uh-huh. in the film, sorry. Yeah. And that is almost famous uh-huh. because the fame, the friend with Cameron Crowe uh-huh. and Jack Black's the show rock. Yes. Apparently he's probably somehow with him as well. He knows him somehow. It was a movie that almost had to kind of go into that archive yeah. of music. But Zeppelin are dead. They don't allow their stuff. Using film. Anyway, Fair directed by a guy called Tiki Watiti, Tiki Watiti which you don't know, you should know the name. He directed a film called What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Phenomenally good film, yeah. like amazingly good film. One of my favourite films of the last like five or six years. A brilliant comedy. Um, and also my favourite film of last year called Hunt for the Wilder People. I uh, like I adored that film. That was that was uh that was that got us out the blue. Oh, absolutely loved that yeah. movie. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely adored it. It's a wonderful movie. This is utter charm, and it's just beautifully done. Everything. Yeah. That's the thing we've done before. If you know that film, he's the priest. Okay. In the film, you're the one who's like, uh, like I, the yoga door, like I got a Twix or a Mars bar, you know that guy. Yeah, yeah. So like that's the guy. So he's he's a really interesting, funny guy. Yeah. In the film, usual cast: Chris Hemsworth is back playing Thor, looking. You know, like the perfect, oh. the perfect man. <laughs> yeah, 
As Joe rolls her eyes, tapping at him. I mentioned we went and seen like years ago we saw Thor 2. Yes. And at one point, um, Thor walks in the film shirtless. Next thing all I heard was, <laughs> I'm like, the hell was that noise? It's a, a noise of pure pleasure. That's what it was. And of course, I should be annoyed, but I understood it. Yeah. You know, you get it, he's a good looking man. Yeah. Um, also in it, Tom Hiddleston. You know, for all the emo ladies out there. Yes. Uh, you've got Ivy Selber. Or Ivy Selber. He rocks up in it again. Kate Blanchett as well. Yep. You've got Jeff Goldblum doing all Goldblummy things all the way through it. <laughs> you've got also Carol Urban. Turned up in it as well. And also, for me, still the show, Tessa Thompson. Who, if you've ever seen Creep. Yes. She plays a girlfriend in Creep. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good in it as well. Yeah. Uh, the plot of this film basically is that Thor returns to, um, to Asgard. Loki's on the throne, obviously, but Odin goes away, and then his sister, who he didn't actually know about, called Hela, wants to take over Asgard. She basically goddess of death, and when she takes over, she basically just sucks power from Asgard. She vanishes by just because she's powerful. Um, Thor and Loki to sort of like space other dimensions, where they end up on a planet with Jeff Goldblum, and they become like sort of competitors in this sort of like gladiator ring. They're trying to escape from that planet, get back to Asgard, and defeat Bella. That's the basic plot of the film. It is insanely funny. Yeah. Like, probably the funniest Marvel film so far. I've always thought, and I kind of thought, uh, movies to be a bit more, like, where Marvel can have a bit more fun yes, with it. Yes, absolutely, it should. Because it is so fantasy, uh-huh. they can literally do it. They're not bound by the rules of, like, the off or whatever. Oh, yeah, exactly. Other movies are bound by, so... I've always had a wee sweet spot for the Thor franchise. Yeah, I, I, you feel like he's got potential. I've not, I didn't really, I liked the first, I enjoyed the first film. Yes. I did not like Thor The Dark World, I thought it was pretty awful. Right. But I really enjoyed this film. Like, everything in it either looks like a, like, maybe it looks like a Rush album cover. It's got fucking dragons and like massive fucking buildings and shit like you go like that. You just look like 70s albums still. This is the basic what we're going for. Yeah. Very Steve Ditko, if you know his artwork and yeah. his sort of style. It's very Ditko. Um, very funny, everyone gets a moment in it. You'll be happy to you know pretty much all the other people cast are in it somewhere, apart from the young kid, if he's doing Deadpool instead. But everyone else, Sam Neill pops up in it. You've got the, like, Tiger Geek pops up in it. You've got the guy who's, like, in World the guy who plays the, see the house he goes to at one point, and the guy's on the rugby top, and he wants to take a picture, like, him. He rocks up in it, like, and the, the, the main woman in it who's trying to hunt him down. Uh-huh. She's in it as well. Fantastic. Like, everyone's, it's like, it's like a hundred people, she's probably like, oh, well done, that's yeah. good, I'd like to see them all in it. And um, that made me really happy. Um, it's not, it's not anything new, uh-huh. but it's felt fresh. Yes. It's still got the Marvel tropes we all expect. Of course. It's got the random cameo, it's got the blah, blah, it's all that kind of stuff. But it felt, it was enjoyable. It's two hours long. But it moved along really quick. It didn't feel like yeah, a long film. It felt it burnt much along. Like I said, because it's so so funny. Yeah. It works really well. It does. It brings things in the right moment. You'll bring it reveals things at the right time. You just if you think they are lagging, oh my god, there's Hulk. Yeah. Like, oh shit, there's that. And you feel it brought something at the right time. You feel you make the interest in it. Um, like I said, it's infinitely better than all the other Thor films, which I think is a low bar, but still, still well done to what you keep doing it. Um, and it is by far probably the best overall 
like popcorn movie yes. of 2017. I can't think of any other big budget like this. It's just a fun, fun film that I've seen this year. I love this one. It's really the film that's made me go, I really enjoyed the set of that. Which is always good for the Marvel studio. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, it'll make, it's really odd because the film, the cinema we saw him was busy but not mobbed. Yeah. It feels like Thor is sort of the lesser stepchild of the Marvel It's not really got the same audience as something like his. Iron Man or Cap or anything like that, it's yeah. like a sort of lesser one. I think, it, yeah, definitely it's, it's a character that unfortunately that relies heavily on word of mouth yeah. to get your general consumers in the door. Your hardcore Marvel fans are your always be there. Yeah, they'll always be there on the opening night, but your general consumer, they'll have to rely on a lot of critics or whatever. It's interesting to see how it, how it goes second week. Yeah. That's me, I mean, I know, it was out in choices by the random thing come out. Yeah. It'll do well this weekend. Probably well next week, because you with the two for one. Yes. What would be interesting with next week's figures, yes. how it drops off. I think it'll still do well. Probably would be interesting, but also it's not in America yet, so. Okay. It'll be interesting to see how it does in America. Very odd. You know why? You said the American release is not until the 4th of November or something like that. They've they, 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 like two weeks for America. Uh, thanks, Gavin, this weekend, isn't it? Oh, that. Week. I think this week is like sort of as English. Like over break almost, and we actually brought it out, but yeah, yeah. that's where I had it here. But yeah, it's really good, it's really fun. Everyone's good, like, Endroth is having more fun doing for this than any other time. Hiddleston's in it more than but I think he enjoyed the show of it. Blanchette is a fuck, she's having a well of time, she's enjoying being a baddie, just loving what she's doing. Yeah, and Jeff Goldblum, like I said, he is Goldblum up to the end, he is fucking loving being Goldblum. And everything's saying, well, that's just really gold cool, and funny. Um, How's the CG? Because CG's from good. the trailer, it looks like it relies heavily on it. It does very much so. Like, there is a couple of moments you go, whoa, that's a bit ropey. Okay. But there's a few far between. Okay. Most of the time, it's, it's solid. It's, it's works well through it. There's no real more to go. I feel like, oh, shit, that's awful looking. It mostly does all right with CG, and I'm, I'm, it felt fine. Sure. Yeah. There's a few moments that you go, like, some of the... Um, the cameos in it could be kind of lost, I think. Right. Like, Doctor Strange comes back up in it uh, very early on. Uh-huh. I didn't really need it. You could have easily done it without it or even just make it more limited. They think they can always... Well, the thing with Marvel is you know they're always building on movies, so they think they're yes, dropping, like, these characters like Doctor Strange. It's yeah, just to put it in. Just to, like, look at it like it's a one-world thing. It, it, and I get what I'm doing it, but... To me, it didn't feel like it added much to the film. Mm. I feel like it could, and a few other things you can maybe tighten up a little bit. Yeah. But like I said, to me, the best thing in the film was Tessa Thompson. He she played one of the um, a Valkyrie in it. She is awesome in it. I thought she was so badass, yeah. like utterly awesome. Um, but yeah, if you get a chance to go and see it, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I had a great time watching it. I, I laughed a lot at it. Jill laughed a lot at it. They both had a good time watching it. And like I said, it's, it's two hours long. It moves like fucking nothing else, and it's so fun. Does Stanley get a... He does, and if a cameo I, I'm okay with. Okay. When his cameo is just to be funny, I'm okay. When his cameo is a plot point, not into it at all. Yeah. This one, it's a, it's a funny, silly cameo. Cool. That's good. And Hemsworth is very Hemsworth in it. Yeah. He was dreamy. Also, as always, by Marvel uh, movies. What came at the end of the trailers? Uh, sorry, the credits. Credits, there's one midway through, which is, it's not... It does reveal something, but not... Something make you go, whoa, it's not like one of the ones, but if you know the Marvel Universe, you'll get what it's come doing. Okay. There's one at the very end, which is more like just a comedy one, it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. You don't want to spoil for characters who's in it? No, the, the teaser for the, the mid-term, the midway thing one in the credits, it's the same as setting up Infinity War. Okay. 
which is sort of, uh, sort of setting up the idea of the, 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 the space travel part of that. Yes. But what I've heard, the, the, the end, the, the cutscene in that part, is the start of the trailer of the Infinity War trailer that was shown at Comic Con. Yes, no problem. It's setting up that part of the film. Okay, so really them having this at the end I thought it's not spoiling it for anybody that hasn't been to Comic Con and no doubt it'll no, be on the internet not now. Not at all. And, and it doesn't. What was interesting about this film was the entire cutscene or, or sort of end credit sting on Doctor Strange. Have you seen Doctor Strange yet? No. The entire sting in that is in the film, in this film, as I've seen. Okay. And Marvel's not done it before, it's not put the entire sting in a, in a film before. Normally, it sets up something and it's elsewhere, but it's in the whole film. Yeah, yeah. Just thought it was odd. It's, it's, not, it's not bad, it's not that's in it, it's actually odd. Is this movie leading on to something? Infinity War is the next big one. So that's so that's where this is going. That's where everything's going to Marvel. When they have like something like, apparently they've got like 40 different titles on screen at one time. So it's Marvel's like sort of Battle Royale, yes. Ultimus. Which, if you've ever read any of the comics, it was always an absolute delight when they done these big battles because it was all over the cover. They did a splash page, they basically did a splash page of the movie, that's what they did. So it was really interesting, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, this film, really good, really fun. I'm close to eight, but about seven and a half. Okay. There are some moments I'm not a fan of. Um, they said the, the cameo of a few things and other things here. How they deal with some kind I'm not a huge fan of. I felt like they sort of gave them, you know, they didn't really give them enough time on it. Yes. Um, but other than that, seven and a half. Really fun, really enjoyable, enjoyable flick. Cool. Um, seven and a half. Last film, an epic fucking review movie thing we've done today, yeah? You destroyed the cinema. I have, I ripped the hole out of my cinema pass this, <laughs> this weekend. Anyway. You've certainly got your money's worth. Absolutely. And a film called The Death of Stalin. Yes. Armando Nucci directing it, the guy who brought us in the loop, also wrote um, Veep and The Thick of It and Alan Partridge and so many other things in life that he's a fantastic writer. Plot of this film essentially Stalin dies. Yes. And it's a grab for power. Yes. After that. It's got a phenomenal cast. It's got Michael Palin, it's got Steve Buscemi, Jeffrey Tambor from Rest Development, Simon Russell who steals the show. Close to stealing the show is Jason Isaac playing a Russian general. This film, for me, is possibly the film of the year. Like, I want to spend an hour talking about it, but it is, a fun, it is fucking brilliantly funny. I'm genuinely gutted <laughs> that we picked Geostorm yes. over this movie. Because this, like, this is one of the darkest films. This film, like, and you're a great writer, and he can make people who have a shit day, you know, like a politician feel bad, and they go, your day's ruined because you're that politician, and you feel, you're, you feel bad, like, Five, how good it is. Yeah. So I mean, if you're going to see any film this week or this month, it has to be this film. Cool. It cool. is brilliant. So is this getting a big release over here? It's, it started out small with getting. I think it's going to word of mouth. It's getting wider and wider. I think the goal for the next week it should be a much wider release. Okay. Cool. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping we'll see it again. It's the only film I've seen this year that I want to see again. I saw the cut twice already, but I want to see this one again twice. But it, it just it's so fucking good. That's like, a phenomenally good. Yeah. Like, I was 10 out of 10 for me, like absolutely, honestly loved it from start to finish. Like the trailer sold it for me. Like, the trailer's got its tone perfectly. Like when I seen the trailer I was like yes. Yeah, it's like, just it's just so witty and so fucking clever and you're like oh my god that is so brutal when you're saying that person but it works so well. <laughs> and everyone, every, the, the cast, I read the cast out there, the cast is just, it's a phenomenal cast. Oh yeah. Who, who know how to act, who know how to deliver a line. 
and when they get a chance to deliver a great script, they know what the fuck they're doing, and they know how to do it, and they know what they're doing, and, they're, and it's, if you give great actors, great dialogue, they will, they will spit that out in a way you do not expect, yeah. but you will love every second of it, and I love every second of this film. Yeah. It gets so dark, I mean, I'm talking like fucking gulag dark, <laughs> but you still are fucking laughing at it, you shouldn't be laughing at it, but you are laughing at it. Yeah. And I've listened to like, um, a historian talking on TV recently, and they said, like, how close, got, how close I filmed to the reality, I went, yeah, it's fucking pretty close, you know, it's like, yeah, I've taken some liberties with the comedy of it, but it's still, it's pretty accurate, whatever they're doing, is, that's the way it worked out. Yeah. You know, like Jason Isaac walks in for about 10 minutes as a general, a Russian general on it, uh-huh. and fucking steals a movie, it's like, it's amazing, <laughs> every line he says is instantly quotable, and it's, oh, utterly brilliant. If, you, if I cannot praise, I don't say it's brilliant, I cannot praise it enough. I yeah. absolutely loved it in every second, every second of it. I think that definitely could be one for next week. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. If you're, yeah. see it, we're not, we're not doing a, you're not on the podcast this week, you're going to see catch up and stuff. Yeah. That's one to go and see. Without question. Try and see Thorny for the epicness of it, of course. But Death for Stalin, best film of the year so far. Yeah. Like, utterly, utterly. Like, that and Baby Driver, I'm, I'm swill- I don't know what one I'm going to pick as best film. I'm so, I'm so close on right now, I don't know what one I'm going with. I think it could be Stalin, it sounds like Stalin might be hard. Stalin could be it's so, I mean, I'm not seeing me around again, so I have to try and watch it again, but yeah, I, I, I have loved every second of it. But yeah, I cannot, cannot rate it higher enough. I absolutely love it. Um, but next week out, we have um, Jigsaw. The number eight of the Saw series. Uh, why? Jill wants to see it. She loves the Saw series for some bizarre reason. I don't understand why, but she loves it. I've seen the trailer for this thing. She's not buying it. I'm just like, this is like the greatest hits of like the Saw franchise. Now yeah, yeah. I stopped after the third Saw movie, and when I sat there and watched this, I'm like, yeah, this is just like a greatest hits. I'm, I'm getting nothing. I'm, I'm not racing to the cinema. I, I don't even think if it appeared on telly and I happened to be sitting there. I think I'd probably change the channel, can yeah. like, uh. Not buying it at all. Yeah. Um, also, we've got Breathe, which is the film directed by the guy who plays Gollum, you know, Andy Serkis. Okay. It's about a guy who gets struck down by polio, but still become the first guy sort of like, you know, like a death sentence, sort of like builds a wheelchair that sort of like allows him to move and stuff like that. So it's like, kind of, you're, you're typical, not typical, you're sort of like, you're. Heartwarming tale. Yes, that one of those kind of films. And I think Call Me By Your Name, which is sort of a gay romance one, which okay. apparently is very. Apparently excellent, and it's got Oscar Isaacs in it. Apparently very, very good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but you should go and see Stalin. Yes. As you should go and see. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's us for this, this week, man. That's us. Oh, what were you drinking tonight? I think 54 degrees north. Nice. That's our tourist tonight. Um, if you're looking for us, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Three Beers a Movie. Everybody. Everywhere. We're also on Gmail at freebeersmovie at gmail.com. That's the number three, Beers in a Movie. Um, I thank Barry for dragging himself in today. You're welcome. It was nice to see you again. I look forward to seeing you again. Yes. Um, and we shall talk next week. So I've been Richard Laird. You've been... Barry Neal. There we go. Woo! Woo! I've been here for a while there. Three Beers in a Movie.